Okay, I'm going to try something new with you guys. I want to let you peer through the window of some really awesome conversations that I have the pleasure of having every single week with my dear friend and fellow coach, Diana. She is something of a spiritual master. She speaks that language and I so enjoy my time. And so I think that you're going to really get a lot out of just being a fly on the wall during those conversations and some of the hard topics in life and the interesting topics in life that we explore are really interesting. And I hope that they spin the gears in your mind and just get you considering things that you might not have considered before and or sparking you to just do some self-exploration. So we're, we're going to be very vulnerable and do some of the coaching for each other that coaches do. And so let that also be an encouraging reminder to you to have someone in your own corner, have a coach, have you know, a confidant, a mentor, just a place where you can turn. Without further ado, I'm going to welcome you to our first conversation. So check it out. And this will be a weekly occurrence. Enjoy. There is an enormous amount of openness in here that was filled with, oh my God, what am I doing? And now it's not. Today we talk about life and frustration and an openness that comes when you can finally let go, like let go a little bit. It's so interesting. The degree to which we can let go is the degree to which we become open, open to possibility, open to being able to experience anything new. And I've kind of had this throughout the last year or so. Um, I I didn't always feel so open and I, I felt like I was putting myself out there a lot more, especially in this podcast. But, you know, we tend to close down and feel, you know, embarrassed or just like we're exposed, quite honestly. And so for me, intentionally staying open to, okay, what are, what are people going to see or think or how are they going to feel? you know, and who am I going to be? These were all real fears that, that came up for me just in presenting this podcast. And so when, when I ultimately was able to just sit in who I am and not necessarily care someone else's reaction, I, I think that everything changed at that moment for me. And it was more about standing in that truth than being concerned with what anyone else would would feel. And of course, this is a level of concern that's going to ultimately keep me silent, right? I'm not talking about like, I don't care what your thoughts are. That's not what I'm saying. Of course, I care what your thoughts are. And, and I have concern for others' opinions in general, but not to the degree that it's going to change the way that I show up in my own life and certainly the way I show up on my own podcast. So yeah, a lot of openness came from that for me personally, and Diana and I get into that a little bit. So check it out. We also talk about what we believe the definition of love is. So that's pretty profound in and of itself. 
Hey guys, it's Ashley Meyer, your host of the Hero in the Mirror podcast. In these episodes, we explore what's actually possible for you. We'll cover neuroscience, a blend of life coaching, inspiration, elite performance, and simply how you can create an incredible day every day. If you're human and listening to this, then you are a creator. So grab some tea or coffee, or if you're driving, latch that seatbelt because we're going to discover that you're already the hero in the mirror. Holy cow. Okay. So I feel like, yeah, I, I have just come to where, um, so much of the past drama. And Mm. so I'm less likely to say anything that, (laughs) <laughs> that couldn't go where anyway but let's see where that goes because that's awesome all in the last week now I know where I'm spending the winter um and that's mm-hmm. a big deal and um and so now now we're 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 here I'm already here been here and we're ready like winter's mm-hmm. on and we're ready so so I can and I know I could have before um like really savored the season and the moment and the colors and the weather I could have and I did to a degree but there was always part of me that wouldn't let myself 100% savor the moment because I was still freaking out going where am I going to live right um and so with that being resolved there is an enormous amount of openness in here that was previously a couple of few days ago filled with, oh my God, what am I doing? And now it's not. Mm-hmm. And, and then I thought, you know, where you're going to live come winter, which is coming next week, it's going to snow. I guess that is a basic human need. So it's not like I was just being frivolous. It was, it's a basic human need. So worthy of my thought, but I'm really glad now. Mm-hmm. but I can let that go yeah that's awesome and now having come so close to the this deadline of where you might be moving out of the space where you're staying I know that's not the case you're saying that's not the case but yeah having come this close to the possibility of moving how does that inform you for when it it does actually come time to move you know, in the future, whenever that time should arise? Yeah, well, I'm a lot more ready because I have spent months just packing and sorting and organizing. So, so like my world is in a way better spot, even though it's still, it'll still be an overwhelming task, but it won't be so crazy as it would have been had this all not happened. And I not already boxed up an awful lot of stuff. And what that does do for me, by the way, is first of all, you're, you're, um, my device over there is sitting on a stack of boxes. I still have all the boxes in the house. I'm tripping over them, but I'm going to get rid of all the boxes of things that I packed, put them in storage. And when, then when I come back, everything that's left in the house is things that I actually want here and things that I like, enjoy, and will use. And so it makes me feel really good in the space. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. they call that minimalism, right? Or essentialism. Well, I, There's a book or something. In here, it's not minimal for any by any means, but 
it does feel like it's intentional. Like Good. what is all around me is has intentionally been looked at and chosen. So, so, and on that note, you know how um, physical clutter clutters your energy. It does, There's, you know, so, so to, to have it cleaned up in that way makes me feel like I'm in a way better space to just take on, take on coaching, mm -hmm. take on um, really sharing that with people in the world and devoting clear-headed focused time to whatever tasks come up mm -hmm. yeah you know what i just realized as you're describing your your clear-headed focus that you're gonna bring you know to coaching as in my experience you have always done but i thought about like you know scientists when when they do like a group think project or they'll they'll literally put their heads together okay maybe not literally because they're not sitting in a circle with their heads like touching but right. but you know what i mean like they're taking yeah. their mental um hard drive or their capacity mm -hmm. to process and they're they're thinking through a problem with other minds and this is such a cool way of thinking about coaching because it's the same it's like whatever struggle, whatever problem is happening in, in your experience, coaching is just calling in another mind to say, hey, I need to throw some brain power at this. Everything I've thought about it up until this point, it's really taken me as far as it's going to. I'm still on a struggle bus. I'd like to get yeah. off. And that's for sure. And also when it's you and your own thing, and you start processing however it is you process or I process, um, there is a tendency, I think, to get stuck in that way of thinking. So all of a sudden you latch on to your perspective and you lose sight of the possibility of other perspectives. And then you get really stuck because say you, my perspective is getting me nowhere. And yet I can only continue to hit my head on the wall in this one spot, just over and over and over again. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so to bring in somebody else, anyone else is going to add a new perspective. But the beauty of a coach is the way I see it is that our job as a coach is to not listen through the filter of our own experience, but to listen and hear for what the other person is going through and to be objective and non-judgmental and you know hold possibility so all of that lends itself to someone who is stuck and mm -hmm. just stuck in the train of their own thought yeah yeah i'm also realizing that just using your own mind in approaching a situation something specifically that has to do with you let's say it's a you know a labored relationship or something is just challenging like you often are judgmental of yourself. Okay. So that non-judgmental piece, it's such a gift because you're just like, there's no judgment. Even though you've been judging yourself all day, shaming yourself all day and saying, you should have this, you should have that. You completely mucked this up. A coach would come in and just be like, you're actually fine. <laughs> give yourself grace to me yeah. that can be really frustrating to hear because i guess i just get in the flow of going hard on myself 
Oh you know? gosh, I think we all do. We're our yeah. own worst enemy sometimes. And I can be so much harder on myself mm. than I would be on anybody else. But you know, the, the non-judgment thing, it's amazing. But one, one thing I that struck me recently is how the non-judgment kind of goes for um, not making things bad or wrong, for sure, right? But not making them right or good either. Like things just are. Once you make them right or good, you've judged them. Once you make them bad or wrong, you've judged them. Judged them. But just to hold a thing for it is what it is allows me to realize that I'm the one who gave it meaning, whether it was on the negative side or the positive side. I chose that this thing, this thing means something. Really, this thing is just a water bottle between my knees. Um, part of me says it's cold. It's, it's making my knee cold. And I have a judgment about that, right? The other part of me says, ooh, it's delicious. It's wonderful. I love to drink it, right? But the, you know, like these are judgments. The thing is just what it is. Mm -hmm. And, and it's pretty yeah. refreshing to me to come back to knowing that, um, and unless if I don't give a judgment to things, they're just neutral. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially when you judge yourself for judging yourself. Oh my gosh. That's some yeah. next, next yeah. level. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I'm not the only one. Oh my God. And that's even worse because then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, <laughs> shame on me. I've been judging myself. So double shame and then triple shame. <laughs> this is a, a shame stack. You were talking about the boxes in your house. Let's just stack our shame. Yes. Yes. And it just stacks up. And, and that's frustrating too. When, when I feel like I know better than to fall into the traps that I fall into to step out of line where I've been stepping. And I, when I know that I know better, I'm even more hard on myself because I'm thinking, okay, it's one thing if you didn't realize, but you do and you still did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This has me thinking about parenting right now. Because, well, when you want to step in and, and be the, the corrector, right? Like the, <laughs> the proverbial, the, the parental red pen yeah right it's all over your kid's life and just be like you know you knew better or this 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 and it's like th listening to what you just said and sometimes knowing better yourself it doesn't result in better behavior not always like that's not the thing knowing better does not guarantee that you're going to do better so right. that will be true of kids too. So how can I extend grace to them even when they know better, especially so, when they know better? Yes. Yeah, so how can you? Mm, that's a challenge. Um, I, I just think it's letting go of perfectionism entirely. I, I have to cut that loose. What would be right. another way to look at perfectionism? Um, like while holding the ideal, of, I, I would think a perfectionist wants to do a good job, do something perfectly and right. So that in I, idealistically, that's not all bad, not all wrong or anything, but um, what is the ideal in perfectionism that you can hold on to while letting go of any part of it that might be 
um, detrimental? I think it's choosing your experience, right? Which means dealing with the consequences that your decisions have brought on. So it's not, you know, okay, let's talk about a, an exam or whatever, because all kids have that. It's not, oh, go and ace this exam because that's a perfectionist standard. No, it's how do you want to feel after you have taken this exam? Well, I want to feel that I really tried my best and I thought about the concepts in like 18 different ways and I did all my homework, maybe not on time, but I did it at least. So I was prepared and I thought through the problems. I did my best. So if that's how you want to experience that exam, and then you come out of the other side, you get a D minus, but you got the experience of all the things I just said. Uh-huh. That's an A. Yeah. That's an A in my book. Right. That D minus just became an A. So you just said um, the um, taking, like being accountable for the choices that you make. Mm -hmm. um, that makes me think so... So, so you say you have a little one you're raising, they're growing up, going to school. One night, your little one chooses to watch TV until bedtime, didn't do the homework, came home from school, failed an exam. And instead of making the whole issue be about the exam mm. that did not go 100%, nowhere near as perfect, what is the opportunity? Like, what is the lesson that you can teach? Mm. It's just when you choose TV and non-involvement in your exam, of course, this is the result. Right. There, there was no investment that you right. made. The homework wasn't done. You chose the TV. So this is what happens from that. And that's okay. That just is like you were saying with your water bottle, that just is right. Yeah. Te teachers or other people in society might be like, wow, that's, you know, your kid is failing or they suck or whatever. But it's like, I think they actually learned a lot from that exam. They just didn't do yeah. it on the paper. Right. Right. So like if your child watched TV, didn't study, failed the exam, and yet um, the lesson sunk in at that moment, that you get you reap what you sow you you know your your choices provide consequences and then apply that in their life for the rest of ever accountability mm -hmm. for their choices do you think that 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 failed exam was a success or you know yeah, yeah absolutely yeah like An never mind success exam. But if you could learn a lesson yeah. like that because you did watch TV all night or whatever, did the wrong thing. Yeah. 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 I'm, I don't know that my perfectionism is going to correlate with grades very much because I was not an A student. I don't, uh -huh. I think grades are very subjective and, yeah. and it's like, like we're talking about, it's so easy to learn life lessons outside of school, outside of the actual grade-based material. Like the yeah. scope is just so much bigger than that. And this pertains to life for us as well. Like 
we don't necessarily go to school or take exams, but certainly we go to work and we try to show up on time. We try to be fairly productive. Like these are measurable uh-huh. things. And I think too often I've seen my peers as, as well as myself be measured by some of those standards, right? In business. And it's like, well, let me just say that you're doing well right now because your productivity level is really high. And it's like, oh, actually I'm struggling, you know, emotionally or, or overall in my life right now, just so happens that I'm, I'm performing at a higher base. So right. it, it's really about the standard of what, what are you actually examining in order to yeah. determine? Yeah. What's the criteria for determining yeah. that you're doing well? Right. Right. And by others' standards, they might say that you're doing well, but you might say, my life is a living hell. (laughs) What's your standard, right? Do you want to be able to have Thursdays all to yourself because it's just nice to sit on your porch and drink tea and read your favorite romantic novel? Well, if you're not able to do that, then your life is a living hell. Right, right, right. It's it's yeah. all we all create our own criteria for what it takes yeah. to to be content or discontent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just too easy. I think what I was saying is that it's too easy to fall into the metric that society deems, which is right regularly your productivity, your you know making a certain amount of money or whatever looking a certain way, fitting into norms like that. And it's, it's just an inadequate way of measuring a life. For sure. Right? For sure. Yeah. 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 Like that song from Rent comes to mind. Do you know it? Uh-uh. Or the, maybe se- I- uh, the Seasons of Love song. It's like, how do you measure the life of a woman or a man in sunsets, in midnights and cups of coffee and they're naming like all of these things that are just like they make up a life right and they're like saying well let's measure it in love instead of like whatever else you could measure it in i think that's a beautiful concept and song oh for sure yeah i mean all the other things that that you know some could go by those things dwindle i like to think um what is it that's gonna last like beyond my lifetime. Mm. And is it, you know, the things that I've acquired? No, they're gone. You know, is it the, you know, the money I've made, whatever, all of that stuff just really doesn't go beyond my lifetime. So what of that I'm putting into this life is something that's going to mean something even after I'm gone. Yeah. And that would be the love. Yeah. How do you define love? Can you? <laughs> can you define love I, I think that <clears throat> I think love is regard for something other than yourself when you like when you appreciate someone else or you give someone else adoration or attention or meet a need without regard to yourself like without seeking any sort of yeah payback or you know equal thing coming in return so like i'm I'm really into the concept of unconditional love 
For I sure. think that's the best definition. Yeah. And what I notice is love just is. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not something I can just withdraw. Mm-hmm. Um, no. <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> no, but even if I did, I couldn't. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't because it's like, it just is, it's there. I do it. I don't do it for a reason. I don't do it because I don't even do it because you're so great. I don't mm-hmm. do it because you're such an amazing person. I don't do it because you've been so good to me. I mm-hmm. do it because I do it because I do it because I breathe. You know, it's yeah. the same, same thing. It's, 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 it's as silly as asking, why do you breathe? <laughs> you know, it just right. is. So I see love like that too. Um, that it, mm-hmm. And like we've talked about before, it's not something you can earn or deserve. Yeah. Is. Do you think that we are love? Yes. Okay. I think that every fiber of our energetic beings have, have originated in love and love. This is what love looks like when it takes on flesh. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I buy that. I'm a, I'm a huge cheese head though, but I also take you very seriously with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, like you're saying with wanting to invest your time and your life into things that are, are more lasting than your lifespan. I I think that's just it. Like being love is the only investment doing things that are loving and and kind maybe kindness and lovingness go together um the i don't really know much more that could span beyond a lifetime yeah i like to um, imagine myself if if if, if, as if someone could know you know okay i'm at the end of my life and we often Mm. you don't know when that moment is but either way say you live a really long life and you're like 112 years old one might say you're close. Anyway, if you could get to the point <laughs> where you're clearly looking back, um, it's like, um, I just know, I know that I will never berate myself for not taking advantage of an opportunity to make a few more bucks or, or berate myself because I didn't always clean the house or, but you know, like that, that phone call that you didn't make that time that you didn't reach out to somebody they were on your mind, you didn't, or whatever, or that you did. Those are the things, like the experiences and the connections and the love that we share. I feel mm-hmm. like that is how I'm going to measure my life at the end. And it's going to have nothing to do with, with the physical physical um, circumstances. Yeah. 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 I have a list of what I'm going to teach our kid. And it's like, really, that's the one lesson that that it should be. Which is what? What's the one lesson? Just that you are love and that's why you crave connection. And it's what you were sent here to be. Yeah. I wonder who's going to teach who. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be reminded of that surely every day. It is my belief that the little ones, when they come, when they first come, they are only a couple of moments from that Mm. source. Like a few moments ago, they were, you know, and so 
so like they embody they embody the love that we all come from but also they haven't been here long enough for the world to have had them forget any part mm -hmm. of that and I would be terribly curious. I think I'd be looking all day, every day, looking for like, okay, you know, that, that connection um, and the wisdom and, and all that comes with being that close to the connection. Yeah, that's really profound. We've talked about like the birth door before being sort of the exact opposite of death's door. I think that's so interesting. Is it, do you think it's opposite? Because sometimes I, I uh, it might be the same door. Is it the same, same door? door swings two ways, same. maybe. Yeah, maybe it's the same yeah. door, and you're going this way, and you're swinging back that way. Yep, that's it. That's it. You just go out the door. You came back in. Came in. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I do too. It yeah. feels right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Well, I could think about that all day, but yeah. <laughs> and then there's this whole middle section where, where yeah. you've been away from, you know, like um, not away from the source because we're still connected. We always are, but you know, you've been this far into life, you know. So your time at the source was that far ago. You're this far from the other side. So like this middle part can be kind of shaky ground because it's like. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to, it takes a little effort to maintain the connection or at least my sense of the connection. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. It's funny, yeah. like all the, th the things in life that cause a shaky connection, right? When things don't go the way that we want or we're not where we thought we were going to be at age 34, yeah you know you start you do start to doubt that that love or that plan right it's like I feel like I'm reeling I just feel like I'm lost in space and it's like I I just appreciate this reminder from you because that is never the case you're never actually lost you're still connected yeah and you know when um after I got the coaching certification it was yeah. like early summer and I told myself exactly what was going to happen by end of summer. And because end of summer, I also go see my mom. I had spent the summer trying and then imagining that when I go see my mom, I'm going to have accomplished this, that, and the other, and we're going to talk about it. It's going to be fun. And, you know, and, and then when it came time to go see my mom and the picture I had painted for myself didn't happen at all. And the closer it got to that time when I was going to go see her, the more stressed I was getting. And I was getting disappointed and discouraged. And I remember my friend Amy was, you know, I was telling her, but I thought I would be here by this time. And I'm not, I'm so far from it. And she's like, well, who says, who said that you had to be there? And I said, I did. And she was like, okay, so can you say something else? And I was like, <laughs> yes, I can. I mean, it's like, yes, we paint this picture of what it should look like. And then we hold ourselves to it and in a way we want to strive to something, but also um, if you created that, you can also give yourself some grace around it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Can you make your yeah, goal something else? 
I do that in, 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 in daily life. Like I make my list of things to do I'm grocery shopping. I'm going to go to town. I'm going to do the post office. And then as the day goes on, I think, wait a minute, whose life is this anyways? It's mine. And whose list is this and who made it up? It's mine. So I take the pen and I start going, nah, I don't think so. Not doing it. Uh, uh-uh. uh, look at that. I'm done. Look at that, I'm done. <laughs> but then I think, you know, it's if I can, if I have to do something, I would do it. But you know, like if I make the list, I also have the freedom with the pen to cross it off, or you know, it's oh your list. Gosh. And same goes with the plans we have for our lives. Um, and then you could also ask yourself, um, on what basis did I create that plan based on a typical scene that others accept as successful, or was this my vision? Was this theirs? Where did this come from? So you could reassess based on your own criteria. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I do. And I, I do also put things on my list, like take a nap and then I go do it. And I'm like, check, good job. That's awesome. I don't know anyone who puts take a nap on their list. Oh yeah. I like <laughs> to feel like I do, I do those things and I got something done. <laughs> yeah something very important yeah (laughs) you give it the biggest check ever yes (laughs) yeah that's awesome yeah Mm. yeah I think we forget that we create um the the criteria that equals happiness in our book and then stick to that as if that has to be what it turns into well, darn it, if life didn't just show me, I'll give you the thing you think you want the very least. And then later on, every time so far that life has handed me the thing I said, no, this is the last thing in the world I want. This is what I don't want the very most. And when life gives me that, later I will come to find, thank goodness. Mm. Like, I can't believe how grateful I am that I got the thing I didn't want. Yeah. Yeah man i wonder if that's like the opposite of entitlement like being grateful is that like life's way of saying you asked for this but like here's this other thing that you really didn't want and so you're gonna learn to appreciate it you think that's what it is well i think you i think that sounds perfect like that gratitude is the opposite of entitlement entitlement's like um i just have this all coming gratitude is more like thank you for this thing, you know, like that. It's more like um, things that were given to you by grace. Mm -hmm. When I was in school, they defined grace as undeserved love. Like that you don't deserve it, earn it. It's just given. It's the love that you're given just because of the being that you are. That's it. Just you are loved. So then love And and grace are synonymous. Yeah, and the grace being Hmm. the part that refers to how there's nothing you can do to earn it or deserve it, and you don't have to. You don't have to deserve it. It's just given. Um, I have never heard that definition. That's that's a really interesting definition. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Has it shifted at all for you since you learned that, or do you think that's still Uh a good definition? I find it to be true, even when I'm in a situation where things get a little messy, maybe a little ugly, and mm-hmm. I notice that there is no state of anger or, or heat of the moment that can negate the power of love. 
even when I think I don't want to be loving right now, I don't feel very loving right now, I'm angry, right? And yet, underneath it all, I know that the, the foundation of love was never shaken. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like when I, look, when I look back at my growing up and remembering myself as a teenager. And then I talk to my mom and she's so nice to me. And, I, and sometimes I think, how can you even be nice to me? Don't you remember? Do you remember the things I used to do? Do you remember the way I was? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's undeserved love. That's grace. She <laughs> she totally doesn't even, it didn't even register with her. This little shithead I had become. <laughs> and I'm sure it made her angry in the moment. Mm -hmm. Irate and irritated for sure. I know that. And yet the foundation of love was never in question. Wow. Yeah. How does your mom see you now? She she's like my biggest. I when I say fan, I just mean supporter. Um, yeah. My my like bestest friend. Like no matter what, um, it's really quite amazing. Mm. What has what what has become of of the teenager that used to drive her crazy? And of course, as the teenager, she drove me crazy. You know. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. That's the dynamic. That's it. Yeah. 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 I think, I think sometimes time, just time learning and growing helps you gain mm. a new perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's like that age old thing. Parents will say, Oh, just wait and see you wait and see. And it's just like, what do you mean? Like, wait and see what? And then later on, you're like, Oh shit. I see it yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Or they'll say, when when you grow up and have a family of your own, you can do this, that, and the other. All the things yep. that you're mad yep. about that they, yep. right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can stay up and watch movies late as you want every night. You make the okay. rules. So here's a good, here's an interesting question. If you go back through your whole experience of childhood and growing up, um what are the things that you want to bring out of that? Whether it's maybe, maybe it was a hard lesson learned or maybe mm -hmm. it was something beautiful that you want to bring forward and continue in tradition or whatever, but what are mm -hmm. the gold and the gems from your own childhood that you want to use to help shape this experience? Oh man. The first thing is bike riding. Yeah. I did a whole ton of bike riding and I built ramps and I almost broke my wrist flying off of a ramp that I built, but I did land it. I did land it. That was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. And let's say reading a story before bed every night. Oh, without fail. So uh, stories that you can like act out. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I was so privileged. I had, the luxury of stories every night um family dinners home cooked every night that was 
I cannot even imagine like the, I'm going to do some math. The number of meals that I was cooked during my childhood, it's, it would floor me. It would totally just floor me. That's, there is no kid in this family at this moment. And I don't, I don't cook. I don't. That's funny. Sometimes. And I, <laughs> I can remember too, my mom, you know, getting to every now and then you go through a phase of like, oh my God, I don't want to cook. I don't want to cook. I don't want to think about cooking. I don't want to go to the grocery store. And I know that me and my brother would be like, what mom, what's the big deal? Get in the kitchen and cook. Like, you know, I mean, we were, clueless do what moms do make me yeah now that you say that I'm thinking oh my gosh so to cook for all of us every night year after year after year after year and every now and then when she would be like oh more cooking we'd be like oh mama (laughs) it's just dinner for 50 people <laughs> all of us ungrateful tiny humans another one would be when she would be like you know like we would just we would just throw our dirty laundry you know just in piles i mean or just put something on and go you know i'm not wearing this and then throw it in the dirty laundry and my mom every now and then would be like you know i have to do this laundry i have to do those dishes i have to do this that and the other and i'd say and i would have the audacity to say to my mom if you don't like doing it don't do it oh my gosh and she probably want to just rip my hat off like if I don't do this stuff nobody will and if you want to have clean clothes to wear you know and then <laughs> yeah and she's thinking like I can't stand the smell of your changing bodies like you guys stink <laughs> I have to do laundry because I don't like the smell oh my yeah. gosh yeah that's funny oh that's man funny. <laughs> Yeah, it, after after you grow up and look back, you can recognize an extraordinary amount of patience that your parents probably had, but you didn't give them that credit back then. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. There's so much weight that parents just bear and you don't have a clue till later. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm perspective uh we're we're gonna add tree climbing and around the world basketball where you shoot you shoot around the yeah yeah no no dribbling dribbling was never really my thing but we're gonna play around i used to like that playing around the world and pig or whatever pig oh yes we always played mississippi because it was so long and we live right on the river all right right yeah pigs only three letter word right which was fine with me holy shit mississippi has 11 letters 11 oh my gosh it's crazy yeah yeah it's mississippi as i i remember you know as soon as you you know and there's that m-i-s-s-i-s-s-i-p-p-r you know and and that's how you learn to spell mississippi and i bet you every kid Yep. at some point or other went around going m-i-s-s-i-s-s-i and got proud of themselves for and supercalifragilisticexpialidocious oh, once yeah. you can utter that you got something there too 
<laughs> Made your pat on the back, huh? There you go, kid. You've arrived. You don't need to know anything else. That's it. Right. Right, right. That's so yes. good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, uh, we're doing something really fun later tonight. We're going to go watch a movie with a friend. So maybe like movie nights with popcorn. I uh, I remember my dad would do oven baked popcorn. I don't even know oh. how you do that. I don't maybe know it was either. on the stovetop. I don't know, but damn, he could make some popcorn. And it was always in these trays. Then like, we didn't do the bag. It wasn't the throw in the bag and just wait two minutes and it pops. It was phenomenal. Okay, so can you call your dad and ask him how he did that? Oh yeah, done. Okay, because you know what yeah. I have found over the years? And this just started because, because, because I, I hadn't lived like this. I hadn't, I hadn't been cooking for myself. I was transient on the road, but when the day came, when I was starting to make meals and stuff, and I'd be like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I don't even know what a casserole is. I still don't, by the way, but anyways, and I would call my mom and I'd be like, mom, um, what's a casserole or mom, you know, like, um, so the directions here say to this, that, and the other, and she would start to tell me. Um, do you know what I noticed over time though was mom loves it mm. when you call and ask her how do you do that thing I had to call her the other day going mom how do you get grease stains out of this dress because she really did a miracle with some clothes I had when I did anyways and and when you do that you acknowledge them for things they've done for you like my sister was yeah. saying how she and my mom like to control both. They're both two controllers in the same room. So anyway, I, I tell her that, you know, every now and then give her a call and say, mom, how do you make spaghetti sauce? Mm. Mom, I got this thing stuck in the dryer or whatever, you know, like, like yeah. just something that has yeah. no emotional charge. Who cares? Who knows the answer or not? You don't care. It's not about that. Call her and ask her a question then mm -hmm. she gets acknowledged because you are calling her and you get to bring that in. And, and it just, I don't know. It so good. gives the yeah. other person a space to feel appreciated just because you want to know right. something that they did, they used to do that you treasured. Yeah. That's super generous. It actually is. Yes. Yeah. Even if yeah. you think you already know how to make spaghetti sauce, you're about to learn something. You're, you're yeah. going to learn their way. Yeah. So or, and, and if you were to call your dad and be like, oh my gosh, I remember your popcorn was the best. And how do you do it? He gets an opportunity so to see that I know Ashley's all grown up and she's having children of her own now. And yet I still get to teach her something. I still get to be dad. And that's why I was telling my sister, let mom be your mom still. And she's like, I can handle myself. I said, I don't care. Let your mother handle something, even if it's just an idea for your next dinner. Moms are going to want to for the rest of ever. Yeah. And, and dads too and stuff. Oh, speaking of, I'm feeling dad energy like crazy. Um, oh. So this, this is my, my mom and my dad are in this locket. Oh, um, that thing is so awesome. Dad energy is going on for the first time. I've never felt predominant dad energy in my life, in my whole life ever, wow. really. 
<clears throat> and lately I've been just feeling his energy and implementing it in my life. I had a moment with the Ho'opono Ono Ono thing. I think I told you mm -hmm. where it just came out of nowhere. It was between me and my dad. And, and just lately I'm thinking, oh my God, is he so proud of me? He's so proud of me now. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. It's so cool that I, you're able to experience that energy now. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and I feel like I can tap into the connection and the wisdom that he had to offer that sometimes I was like not open to because yeah. I wanted to know my own answers. <clears throat> now I, I feel like I can uh, open up to that. I wish I do wish if I had to wish for something to change in, in life, I, I would have wished I would have opened up while he was still alive. Mm. Do you think that he knows? Yes. Now I do. Yeah. Now for sure. And it's not like we were closed off, like, you know, irreconcilable and, and, you know, like, it's not like that. It's just that I, I wish I would have been more open he gave so much and if i was open he had a whole bunch other to give too and i was kind of close to some of that mm. yeah and also what a beautiful lesson for him to give you the knowing to be open yeah yeah yeah, that's why sometimes the things that we see now that we would have liked to do differently, even if it's just, I would have liked to not spend the day, night watching TV. I wish I studied for the test. I wish I yeah. opened to my father. All these things, if somewhere down the way you get it and you get the lesson learned there, yeah. it's fine. Mm -hmm. Right. That totally changes like the timeline of life, doesn't it? Yeah. Just yeah, not. for sure. I thought the timeline was way different, but it's like I, I find myself experiencing life like sort of more like a sine curve. You know, there's so much more ebb and flow than I ever thought there was going to be. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, I think that's designed into the experience. I don't know, yeah. but... You know, I mean, you just like think like A, B, C, like it's so, it's going to happen like that. And it's like, it doesn't, <laughs> no way. Yeah. You know, and it's true. I may have shown my father something because that was our main difference is that he said, yeah. you know, life goes like this, A, B, C, D, right? And I'm like, no, dad, life goes like this, A, B, C, D is way over there, you know, like. Uh, Looping I mean, like, around. We're going to have to circle back for D. <laughs> Yeah. And um, so I'm sure that in some way um, it was, it, it served a purpose to be the way we were or whatever, but yeah, they, they're, it's so typical for, for, for the world to show you that when you're 18, you're doing this, you're graduating from high school. When you're, when you're this, you're doing that. And when you're, and, and this is the age for that. And this is the age for that. And none of that ever worked for me except I graduated. Yeah. Goodness, but nothing else after that moment ever went according to plan yeah. and it all went so beautifully there's so much i have that i couldn't have had i done things according to a plan yeah well said 
I I would second that. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I had a child, I would like one of the big important things I would want it to know is that your life looks the way you draw it. Mm. You know, like not not handing someone a coloring book page that has the outline in there and you fill it in. It's a blank page. You draw it. And that's how your life looks. And that's that. Yeah. And everyone's an artist, by the way. Oh, yeah. Because even if you think you're not, you could do it. You could get better. You could figure it out. You could draw that damn life. Draw it any way you want. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever colors. And, and you don't have to stay inside the lines. No way. And if you really need an assist, hold that piece of paper up to the window and use your light trick. Oh, yeah. Just tra- trace some shit. You like this, yeah. you like that, just trace it. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Diana, my conversations with you are favorite. Totally... Yeah. I just, it, just, it just goes and goes and goes. And, and um, yeah. I think that there's, there's very similar fascinations with, mm-hmm. um, you know, the essence of life and, mm-hmm. and the source and our connection and some of that stuff. And yeah fascinates me yeah yeah well for today i think that's a wrap yeah and so you're going to um movie time what are you gonna see oh my gosh it's a musical okay i don't know if you can handle musicals but like if you can't you gotta try to get over it it's called dear evan hansen oh my gosh so good i'm seeing a movie i've seen before oh yeah. okay yeah. so it's it's a movie so like on theater or whatever but it's a musical yeah. like Greece. yeah okay yep. they've turned it into a movie so i think we have it on amazon or somewhere okay so with footloose you saw footloose right footloose. yeah oh years right. years okay. years, that, years ago is that a musical because there was a lot of song but i never considered that quite a musical I don't quite know the difference between when they've just made a movie that had song in it, but like it was never on Broadway or maybe Footloose was on Broadway. Was it? I don't know. You know, I think if I, if I'm correct, I think a musical is where the actors in it are participating in the song, like in Greece, like all of a sudden everybody's singing and John Travolta singing and Olivia's singing back. Right. This in is Footloose, yeah. the actors weren't weren't performing the song. Okay, so then no, probably not a musical. But I should also add that Dear Evan Hansen was on Broadway or still is. So it's an actual musical, as well as they've made a film of oh, it. Oh. Uh-huh. Well, that's another distinction, but it's freaking phenomenal. It's it's about mental health and oh. just it's an amazing story told in a beautiful way. I ah. I cry every time, every time without fail. Aww. I will Aww. be crying later tonight. <laughs> take your Kleenex. And <laughs> are you going to be able to take um, baked popcorn? Ooh, yes. Yeah. And I just bought some of that white cheddar popcorn cheese. Oh, it's mm. so good. Yeah. Nice. Nice, nice. Well, my neighbor um, just retaught me how to crochet. Very simple, basic crochet. Mm which I needed the lesson 
So I'm good to go. I've got a project. Nice. I've got chicken soup on the stove. I know a whole big batch of fresh chicken soup. Does it just smell in your whole house? It doesn't. Plus I have cinnamon and cloves in water behind that. Oh my. But that means, so tomorrow Steve doesn't have to work. So Thursday night is the only night of the week that we don't have to set an alarm for anybody. So he gets to come home, chicken soup. Nobody has to get up early in the morning. It's that That's night so awesome. of the week. And I love Thursday nights for that. Yeah. Oh, so jealous. Yeah. Okay. And I'll tell you, I, and this will come up in my near, now that I have openness, I kind of thank God I'm so sick of worrying about where I'm going to stay in the winter. Well, mm-hmm. now that, now that that is no longer a thought in my mind, I feel like I have so much room, so much room in me for whatever mm-hmm. I want to put there. What I want to put there is coaching. We'll talk more about real action steps, but also um, bump Steve up a little higher on the priority list of of things to focus on. Poor fellow. Um, He gets the brunt. Oh my gosh. Poor guy. All right. He never finds, he doesn't even notice that I'm doing it. He really doesn't and everything, but like, sometimes I just know you know, I could do this. It would, he, it, he, he would really like it. And if I don't do it, he's not going to think, right. You, you know, I, it's just like, right. you know, taking an extra moment to something. Mm-hmm. Steve needs a little bit of special treatment and I want to mm. bring him back into focus. Yeah. Is this the chicken soup? That's one yeah. of those things. Part yeah. of it. Yeah. It's like, I, I want there to be, I'm making breakfast in the mornings, giving him breakfast and, um, and I want there to be a really good hearty soup. So when you come home and you've been working Sounds outdoors amazing. and it's been like 36 degrees and raining all day, I want it to be like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's incredible. Well, he's a lucky man. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I think I'm luckier. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we're just equally lucky. I don't know but all right well go have a lovely time enjoy the musical um i don't need to i'll i'll i don't even know what my action steps are anyway um mm. okay you want to get back to me you want to text yeah. them to me okay on purpose this week i felt this big open space and i didn't yet yeah. did not yet want to fill it in yeah, i wanted I to have a whole week of just open space to, to do whatever the heck I wanted to do all week long that I have. That's amazing. That's really living. Yeah. It well, felt good. good. If you choose something to put on your action step list, so let me know. And I will. Hugs to you both, and you have a good night. You too. Thank you for listening. I know that these are fly-on-the-wall conversations and they don't always have the most logical ending point, but it's slightly intentional. I want you to take some of the bits and pieces that Diana and I explore and take it throughout your day, throughout your week, and really just sit with it. Consider what it means to you. Is, Is there something missing from the conversation? Something that feels important in your life with that? I wish you well, and I hope you have a blessed day. We'll check back next week. Thank you again for being here. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoy this episode, subscribe and join me online where you'll get more support at facebook.com slash groups slash hero in the mirror.